Asteroids do not concern me, Admiral. These last points, too accurate for sand. Shut up, Wesley. Insufficient facts always invite danger, Captain. Hey, everybody. This is Adam Brewer. That's Nathan Del Rio, which means you're listening to Nerds in the Details. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. So glad. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's been a while, probably almost a Might be almost exact, exactly a year. A year and a half or exactly a year? No. Well, it was... No, no, no. No, two, it has to be more than a year. October. October, I think, of, no. of 19. No, my friend... I was just looking. December of 19. A uh, year and four months. Well, listeners, <clears throat> Nathan and I want to tell you something. We had some additional issues, and we disclosed some of them... Uh, in season two, which was only four episodes long about losing Adam's audio and stuff like that. But there is more than one lost podcast, including an entire like two hour long, um, star Wars episode nine podcast. Yep. And I, I don't know. I'd love to find that because that was a lot of stuff to cover and it's all gone. But, uh, to Nathan's point, we're back. Nathan, why don't you talk just real briefly about like how we're doing this now? And Sure. So, uh, as you guys know, you know, season one, obviously we were just figuring out how to do a podcast and everything local, um, when it came to what technology we needed and for me to work out the production process and everything. And we had it down right into season one. It was, it was golden. We had our whole process. <laughs> we knew how long it took us to set up, whether we were podcasting Adam's house or my house, we knew where we were going to sit, how far away our mics needed to be. I mean, everything I knew once I brought it into Adobe, all the steps that I had to do to get it to get it ready to go. And then it was still a burden, right? It was it was still a pain as the producer uh, to do it. And we joke about, you know, how we needed to get somebody to produce for (laughs) us so that that way it just uh, took less time. But um, once we moved, you know, I think our first episode, we talked about like, hey, we got to figure out how to do this again. And we were doing a process where essentially we would both record locally. We would simultaneously record the, the digital files to our local recorders so that we had some way to line things up. So we would end up with four separate files every time. And then I would have to try to balance those together and Adam would email them to me or upload them to the cloud and I'd download them. And it was just a fiasco. On top of that, we were... Uh, you hadn't moved yet, I don't think. No, right? no, I was still, I was still, our, our very first episode of season two, I was out in San Francisco for Oracle Open World, but yeah, I hadn't moved. Yeah. I was, and we hadn't even had COVID yet. Like that's happened. For real. <laughs> the for world real. ended between our last podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, I was learning how to be a new provider and um, everything, which now it's a completely different game. I'm like one of, you know, in terms of time in i'm the most military experienced provider in my clinic and there's another physician who her and i both have been like done with all our training a comparable amount of time but she's a family practice physician so she did uh, you know three-year residency um and so it was just so many complications um for it was too much for us to overcome in all reality i was having a hard time you know finding time to eat (laughs) and sleep and see my family so podcasting really just wasn't that possible for me and uh it just went away right like Mm -hmm. we 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 just had to put it on hold and and we would continue to talk about 
what we were going to be doing. So now we're trying some new stuff. Um, we still, the audio quality in this episode, you know, as a recording, we don't know what it's going to end up like because we didn't take the time to do a whole practice recording and load it into Adobe and, and me process it all. Because part of what we're wanting to go for is our own ability to just get up and go uh, if we want to be able to continue doing this. Because when it takes too much time pre and post to do it, Adam, I mean, we both know, right, that like we're just not it's probably not going to happen. We would rather just talk to each other on the phone. <laughs> exactly. And and to compound it, um, like Nathan was alluding to, like we have to get set up, you know, we have to set up our recording equipment. Well, previously we would set up our recording equipment. We would set up iPads and, you know, sync the audio with a clap and all this stuff. And then um, Nathan would have to trust me to have not only recorded properly on my end, but then successfully take that little SD card and send it across the internet um, and it didn't always happen or we lost it or we sent it and then I deleted it. I forget what happened one time and then we didn't have my yeah. whole side of it. Um, so the point is due to te technical ineptness on my side and then Nathan's lack of time on his. And then also, honestly, and I always give credit to Nathan for this, like he had to do all the production, like the sound quality and cutting out excess noise and putting in our intros and outros and uploading it to different platforms. All that stuff was on him. So uh, I'll just say, Nathan, even if the sound quality isn't exactly what we always had before, it's worth it if we can continue to podcast simply. Um, Agreed. So, uh, Which we may, I mean, I, I think that we will figure out the, the perfect recipe to get the sound quality where we want it, mm -hmm. right? Um, today, Adam currently is using like iPhone headphones because uh, the thing we were going to do, he didn't end up having a cord for. I'm using my like SteelSeries Arctis 7 gaming headset um, just because I was having a, a little bit of issues with mine. And since he wasn't going to have his, if, if we were so grossly different, it would be more noticeable. And this may turn out fine. And if it does, then we probably will just do this because <laughs> it's so much easier, right? Like I plugged in my, my SteelSeries receiver and I plugged in my Logitech webcam so that there's a little bit better video quality and that was all it took right and then we're also using squadcast uh which we are trying that out for the first time and that's a digital it's a, a platform on the internet essentially for distance podcasting so you can that way you can bring guests on and everything but it works out really well and this will actually be better for us potentially because it gives us a little bit more freedom to have guests you know before mm -hmm. when we had my brother on it was quite the hassle for us to figure out a way to do it in terms of the audio and everything. And so this, everything is recorded constantly and um, it's all synced together. So our recordings are starting at the same time, which, yep. you know, to those of you out there, that may not be that big of a deal, but you don't know how much time I would spend <laughs> trying to like find out the, find the perfect balance of um, where our voices were to make sure it sounded like it was natural, you know, and accounting for the, the lag on either end and stuff. Uh, because even Adam's recordings did not actually sound like my recordings of Adam because mine were after his lag and his were before his lag and all sorts of stuff. So um, this will hopefully make it uh, a little bit easier. And uh, yeah, so I I am optimistic. I feel very excited, but also a little anxious because it's so new, yep. right? It, it almost feels like starting over, um, even though we know how to you know, 
we know how to format our podcast. We know how we like to talk and get into stuff and that sort of thing. Um, already have like, you know, my sound clips and that sort of stuff to use, but the rest of this feels pretty new. Yeah. Well, all that being said, I know I speak for Nathan and I, we are super excited to be back. This, uh, always has been, and I think always will be basically a chance for, uh, he and I to nerd out, to talk about things we either mutually love or maybe one of us is thinks is cool. And the other one loves like pens for instance, Mm -hmm. right. And it's a chance for us to talk about it. Um, so it's, it's really just two guys drinking, uh, bourbon and scotch, um, chatting about the things they enjoy. And we just really appreciate that you have listened to it, listened to us, uh, talk about it and we hope you continue to do it. Um, and we'd love to continue to do this. So with that being said, I think this episode, Nathan, we're really, there's no distinct topic other than like, hey, we're back and this is what's happened. Uh, I think we don't need to necessarily talk about uh, the fact that a pandemic happened in the world. But um, <laughs> when we get a chance, I would like to hear like how that's impacted you as a healthcare provider. Um, sure. And actually, if I can go ahead and just prompt you, for everyone out there who doesn't know, the U.S. Air Force, unlike other branches, only does basic training in one place, and that's Lackland Air Force Base, Texas. And we have done that since essentially forever. Um, and also, if you hear banging... 1968 was the last time it was outside go. of Lackland. So 1968 I think. till essentially today. Um, and if everybody hears banging, that's my three-year-old upstairs jumping in our house. Um, that's the other thing we're not doing is cutting out all yeah, of our we're not cutting out babies. crap and stuff. <laughs> or like <laughs> sons walking in and all that kind of stuff. We're not cutting Before out I, I spent a lot of effort to do that, but we're taking Norm's approach from uh, you know what Adam Savage's podcast. I'm, a, just I'm being a, like, nope, it's all gonna be there. I'm gonna say this: everybody has been doing telework for the most part. We're used to Zoom calls and stuff, so that's <laughs> we are used to people walking in on us. So we're just gonna say you all know what this is like, anyways. Um, sure. But I'm saying all that about Air Force training since 1968. It's been in one location, and uh, I just want to say. Nathan got to be a part of the only time since 1968 it hasn't. So can you tell everybody a little bit about what what happened? Sure. So, um, you know, obviously COVID-19 had a pretty big impact on everything, right, in the whole country. Uh, But for the services, those being the military services, you know, they all had to figure out how are we going to get new accessions into the military and go through their entire indoctrination process, right? For those of you who aren't in the military, you know, whether you be an officer or enlisted, um, there is a process you go through, right? And that process isn't just to teach you how to march or how to wear a uniform. It's also to imbue in you a culture. Um, and each service does that differently to some degree and similarly in some ways. And so for enlisted basic training, which is what Adam's talking about take, occurring at Lackland, um, a number of the services had to like kind of stop, right? Pretty much everybody had to in some way stop. There wasn't a, just because of the, the risk with, with an inability to socially distance. And so one of the ways that the Air Force looked at how do we still maintain a pipeline was to send a certain number of trainees to Keesler. Now, in the grand scheme of things, the reality is that the number of trainees that came through Keesler um, is a water drop in the bucket of what Lackland produces. Lackland literally graduates, I think. Isn't it 36,000? That's what that's what it was 12 years ago when I went through. Well, I was trying to think of how many they do in a week. Probably nearly 1,000 a week. And 
And the whole time that Kiesler was doing it, I think we did a thousand. <laughs> so that shows you something. But um, not only was it showing that piece, right, of just um, maintaining the pipeline, they were doing a couple other things in terms of us having trainees at the base that they're going to end up at. So all the trainees that came through here were ones that were going to go to tech school at Kiesler, which Kiesler has a number of different tech schools. It's one of the larger tech school bases um, for the Air Force. And so we had to figure out very quickly how to uh, house and take care of all these trainees. And so um, I got tasked essentially to take on the medical side of the house. There was one uh, initial flight that had gone through um, a couple months earlier, and that flight just did, they went from start to finish. There was no new trainees arriving every week, that sort of thing. Um, but they didn't know it was going to continue. And so when it came down to like all of the pieces where medical touches them, uh, they kind of just did them like, all right, we just need to get 60 trainees uh, vaccinated. Okay, bring them all, all all over and we'll do it real quick and then we'll send them back, you know. And then the week before, I think the trainees were supposed to arrive. My squadron commander was like, hey, um, I know we had talked about you doing this thing, but I actually need you to go and take over BMT medical tomorrow. Trainees are arriving in five days. And there's a lot of processes that aren't established. So I just, I, I know you can, essentially, I know you can do it, so go do it. Um, and luckily, I was blessed with a, a really great team. <clears throat> we brought in folks from uh, across the country. You know, I had a medical or a, a mental health team from from Lackland. My flight chief also came from Lackland, but he was from the SEER school. He was an IDMT, uh, super awesome guy. <clears throat> and I couldn't have done it, you know, without without him and uh, the rest of the folks on my team. But we had to figure it out. So I mean, it was a matter of like getting the CBs to come and set up tents for us to use so we couldn't didn't have to shut down the actual training clinic, which is to serve the rest of the student population that's here for tech school, how we're going to keep them all separated for all the folks on ROM, uh, which is restriction of movement. In case you don't know, I figure by now most people know what ROM is, but you know, when someone's <laughs> listening to this a decade from now, because we're still going to be going strong, um, you know, that's where like folks couldn't move yet. They couldn't be cross populations of this this is a covid safe population and, and a covid uncertain population and so we had to get them fed if they developed covid how are we going to isolate them and identify them when at what point are we going to test them for covid where are we going to house those ones separate um you know and all this kind of stuff it was uh hell i did it for like six months i guess so i picked it up i think in june and they graduated the last flight in November. Um, but the difference was that I was going to have a new flight arriving every every week, mm -hmm. sometime between Tuesday and Thursday. And so we had to figure out how to make that whole cycle be able to go constantly, which for the medical side of the house and a new group coming into the military, you have to get them vaccinated. You have to get all these labs drawn on them. They all have to get certain briefings that they need. And those things then repeat at a later time. Once the group is now a COVID safe group, so they couldn't happen in even the same same place as the other group. Um, and then there's the whole medical piece as well, right? They were doing an accelerated BMT here. Normally BMTs. Uh, what I went through it was eight long? weeks. I so know I think, before that it was five weeks, then we went to eight, and I have no idea what's happened in the past 12 I'm years. not sure what it currently is at Lackland, but our group, I think, did five and a half weeks okay. BMT. And so... 
they had more musculoskeletal injuries because now they have a few less weeks to get up with that. So we had to get physical therapy to come out from the hospital and set up a clinic over there for us, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then hurricanes on top of that, like, what are we going to do during hurricanes? We had to tear down our tents at one point, you know, because hurricanes come in because they're only rated up to a category one hurricane. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I was working at crazy hours. And in the midst of it, they told me like, Hey, we actually need you to start seeing clinic again. So I had to do both jobs <laughs> at the same time and stuff. Um, and I was, I was pretty miserable towards the end of it. I was just so exhausted. Um, and I would say to Anna, like how much I hated it, but now being a few months past it and everything, it was such an awesome opportunity, um, to do something so unique that, you know, is never going to occur again, probably. Um, or at least not until there's another global pandemic mm -hmm. that's a different one. Um, and I got to, I got to be a part of it, you know, and part of a really awesome team. I got to work so integrated with the line. I mean, I was, I spent more time with the line than I did with medical almost like I was over in the, you know, commanders of the DO's office all the time talking about the problems that my people were having and their people were having and, you know, figuring out contingencies for what we were going to do when the next fiasco happened whether that be an outbreak and I'm proud to say we only had one outbreak i would say uh in the whole time and that was that was it apart from that you know we isolated everybody if that one outbreak hadn't occurred i would have had literally less than a two percent um two percent quarantine rate for all and every week there was positives so to be able to keep it where that few of trainees were pulled out of training just as a result of being near somebody with COVID. Mm -hmm. I was like really, really happy. I mean, I, I still am happy with it, but the one outbreak that occurred, it chalked it up because then that, <laughs> that ended up quarantining like, I don't remember, 20 people or something like that. Well, honestly, I'm jealous of both sides here because it's just, it's always cool to get to do something unique. And so I'm jealous of you and the other, um, you know, active Air Force personnel that got to support this and run this and the cadre and all that. I'm actually also jealous of those trainees. Like, yeah, they didn't have an experience that looked like everyone else. So they kind of lose out on being able to talk about, yeah, you know, marching in the Texas sun or whatever it was. However, they get to have this, like, um, what's it called? Like the two truths and a lie. Like when you're doing like an icebreaker, mm -hmm. like they're going to have one heck of a story because until you said it, because you and I talked, I don't know, eight months ago or seven months ago or something when you were still doing this. And I think for some reason I brought up basic training and you're like, oh, we're, you know, we're doing that here. And like my head popped off because I'd never heard yeah. of this with no one, almost no one knows about this. And everyone I've told about it in, in the military, that is, or at least the Air Force, I'm the one that's telling them. It's not like they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, I knew that. Yeah, I read that in the Air Force mm -hmm. Times. Like this has been like, not an actual secret, like, but like, it's been like the best kept secret in the air force. There was another basic training running and it's just, it's so cool. And it's really cool that you got to be a part of that. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool all the way around. I guess it's a good icebreaker for, sure. for you too, because <laughs> you were cadre at the only non Lackland BMT since 1968, yeah. since I the Vietnam the, war. If, if I could do one thing different, so like I was technically still tasked to like my group, right? Like I was not um, part of the rest, even though like everybody that worked for me, they were all like, 
you know, they were all TDY to the actual training group. But since I was permanent party here, I wasn't. They treated me like I was. And, like, the squadron commander called me, like, he said, you know, that I was essentially a flight commander in his in his group, even though, uh, or you know, even though I, I wasn't. Um, but, like, my they gave me a shirt or whatever, you know, that's for, the, for wearing during, like, PT or mm-hmm. whatever. And mine says, like, you know, medical boss BMT or something like that. That's cool. Um, which made me really really happy yeah that that's so cool what a like <laughs> it's just it's a good story to tell for sure uh what about you so i mean you've been doing a number of things a lot of which oh you gosh. can't talk about but yeah uh, i mean so since uh we moved in may of last year so we moved during the pandemic the end of may ugh. we bought the house that i'm in in on march we quote saw the house on like March 16th, i.e. the day I was sent home from work and I never went back again. Um, mm. We were supposed to be going uh, to Dayton to do house hunting. And the week before, actually I think like the Friday before, Ashley was like, things are starting to get pretty bad. And I think Sam C, um, where she worked, the hospital in San Antonio was starting to stand up like some COVID operations and like she could see the writing on the wall clearer than a lot of people. And so we went ahead and canceled our flights back up to Dayton and all that. We still did the virtual house hunting with her parents coming up from Cincinnati and walking on FaceTime and our realtor. And we bought the house almost sight unseen. Um, and then we got to move in. I think it was I think it was May 25th or May 24th. We got into the house. Um, so that was you know that was huge. Obviously, we like moving's a big deal for everyone. Moving the military is a big deal. And then there's a lot of pains in the butt you have to go through. And then on top of it, we moved during COVID and it was just like, it was absolutely nuts. And it was still really early into all this. So policies and procedures weren't in place. Like there wasn't, I'm not sure like the movers would have ever showed up if I didn't drive onto base with my little mask on and all the stuff like that was all very new at the time and like walked into like the office to find a big sign that said like, oh, if you're trying to move, contact this email address. And it's like, where the heck have you guys been? Like, Oh, it was man. it was a mess, um, but we obviously got up here and I got integrated into my new job and we really really love our house and I'll talk some point about all the things we've done. But we have <laughs> we've done everything in this house and it wasn't a fixer upper. It was a pretty good to go house. It's just we've we've really made it our own. Um, but then yeah, work wise, so I went from running um, sustainment IT, so like making sure an Air Force application for lack of a better word ran not building a new one not finding some fancy cool new way to replatform as a software as a service or something really catchy and cool like it was literally just making sure the air force's fitness platform kept working Uh, even though people wanted me to make it better and that's an aside while i didn't think we didn't need to do that but um (laughs) but now i went from the human resources systems division to the human systems division and i I'm running an ejection seat program. I'm running a uh, another program like Nathan alluded to that's that's classified, and I'm also like doing a seat harness and a uh, seat cushion and all these different stuff. Um, and so I get to go travel like to different bases and go see some aircraft, which are pretty pretty cool and a little bit hush hush, and talk about ejection seats. And I know everything I've ever wanted to know about ejection seats and um, it's just, it's really, it's really cool. And it's cool being plugged into um, a much more operational community. And it's not that we don't need IT. We absolutely do. It's just, that's not 
what got me all excited. And so now I'm actually, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm able to like have a tangible product in my hand that mm-hmm. we, we acquired. And in fact, we have a, um, it's a real ejection seat. Obviously it doesn't have any of the explosive charges on it and stuff. Um, and it was used for like sled testing where they put in the, the cockpit of an aircraft on a sled on a rail, we'll say, and shoot it down and then eject the seat out and, and make sure everything works. I have that. We have it in the office in general in my building, but then I took it and wheeled it into my desk. And so that's my new desk chair. Cause I feel like if nice. the aviators get to use it, the flyers get to use it, I get to, I should be able to use it, um, to, you know, further experience. And so that's all great. I'm back at, um, right Pat where I was when I was enlisted. I absolutely love this base. I love the history of the base. Um, it's, it's beyond fascinating to me. And on top of it, I love the Air Force Museum. So I'm back up with the Air Force oh, Museum. But the, so but the icing on the cake is my office is the original Air Force Museum from 19, I think, 37 until 1954. This was the Air Force Museum. And it's it's old school, like it's re- like in the in the best way possible. Like it's a brick and limestone building with big like. Um, pillars and like ornate facades and all the doors are like these aluminum doors that have like these giant embossed, um, mm. you know, like f- not fleur de lays, but uh, what's that called? Like, um, yeah, just kind of like engraved. Like the Hap Arnold logo? No, it's not even the Hap Arnold logo. It's just like decorative stuff. Like everything is just real ornate for the, in the front half of the building, the back half where the actual museum was, was like a two story open bay. And then they've put in sure. a second floor and, and offices and stuff. So it's not as, sexy in the back half but the fact that i'm in the air, original air force museum is just yeah is just cool um that being said i telework and i can go into the office there's not like a really a set schedule it's just if you need to go in you go in if you can telework you telework uh and i i'm tired of being at home like a lot of people are like you know teleworking grinds on you there's there's benefits i don't have to you know commute to work i get to sit in my boxers if I want, like, you know, it's, there's goodness there. But the thing that kind of stinks is when I go into work, it's also, there's no one there. So I'm in, you know, a big Mm -hmm. 40,000, 30,000 square foot building by myself. Um, so that's not really fun either. And, uh, I really am, I'm anxious for some normality. I don't know that we'll ever go back to like full, like everybody has to go to the office all the time. I think telework will be part of the, um, battle rhythm of the air force, which is, which is a little bit new, uh, for us, Hmm. but I'm anxious to be able to go in and see people. And, uh, some of my buddies in the office can attest, like if you walk in, there's another like uniform person, especially like someone, you know, like, like I'm a chatty Kathy, like I'm down in their cube, like just talking, like, cause it's another person and we're here and we're both in uniform and oh my gosh, like, you know, it's a human. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the big catch up. (laughs) On what's happened. Um, like I said, at some point I'll talk about all the cool stuff I've got to do on this house and it's a lot. Um, but that's probably like a whole podcast worth of like construction talk or something. So yeah. Anyways. That's so funny. I feel Nathan, like that's just been, such a, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say after this, I want to, we have to talk about cause there's a lot of nerd stuff that's happened since we got, we had our last talk, but, uh, what were you so saying? many great Legos too. I know Legos, <laughs> uh, Disney Plus shows, everything, episodes worth of stuff. Mm. So much, so much. What's the thing? 
Uh, since we're not going to get into any topics in depth today, what's the thing that you're like most excited about uh, talking about in a future episode? Um, if there is like one or two things. I guess the two things where I think if I want to revisit Legos because Legos been they always do great stuff, but there's a lot of cool st- models that have come out. There's stuff that I want that's that I that's already out that's coming out. And there's cool stuff that I've gotten that I want to talk about. So, and I know you've gotten some cool stuff um, since we last talked. So I think Legos, and then um, Disney Plus has just been killing it, and that's not a secret. Like everybody knows, like especially when it comes to uh, the Marvel and Star Wars, i.e., mm-hmm. Mandalorian, and then freaking WandaVision, and um, excuse me, uh, Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like obviously that just wrapped on last Friday, and so I watched yep. the last episode, which I didn't know was only a six-part series. I didn't either. So I started watching it, and I was like, "Seems like they're wrapping stuff up." And <laughs> I won't say anything right now because there might be some people that will listen to this and still not have finished it or watched it yet. But like, as you know, I was texting you as that series was progressing, like, "Have you seen this episode yet? You have to see it." Um, but anyways, yeah, those two, just the, the what Disney Plus is doing. Um, I want to talk about and and especially with like Mandalorian, the behind the scenes stuff that came out with like the volume mm. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I I just want to tear apart. What about you? Uh, you hit pretty. I mean, a lot of what I want to talk about on the head. <laughs> you know, I, there's some um things I'd kind of like to touch on again. So, uh, around the time that we were nearing the end of season two, I guess was when I had like. I think I had already built a computer. I was building a computer or something at that point. Had I already built it yet? Uh, I don't think we talked about it. So I don't think we talked about it, but I know that was around when I was like starting to acquire stuff, but it took a while to, to get things. And so I've gotten like pretty deep back into gaming. Um, and also like have Mm -hmm. now done not only like my quest that I had in the, in the first place when we were, when we were podcasting before, started doing PC VR and just recently bought a quest two for my birthday. Um, so a big upgrade in terms of quality of the headset and everything. And so I'd like to talk about that, but I'm really excited to talk about Lego really excited. Cause like you said, Lego's done a lot of really cool stuff. I also have gotten some cool sets that, um, very excited about and looking forward to getting some more sets that they're coming out with like, uh, the, the discovery mm-hmm. shuttle I want to get because I have all of the sets from the current like space line in terms of like the Saturn V and the lunar lander and the international space station. And so this is the fourth release in that line. Um, so I was thinking about getting that for my birthday, but I decided I'll just let Anna hopefully get that for me for Christmas um, or maybe father's day. I don't know. She doesn't listen to this, so it's not like I'm like <laughs> plugging things for myself, but maybe she'll do it then. She's pretty good about gifts. Um, yeah, and then, you know, maybe at some point, I don't know. I have a baby on the way also, so that's, you know, really exciting. And Which, which sure obviously we'll has happened more. since she's not here. That means it happened between last recording. It happened since pandemic, so. Correct, yeah. correct. So, and I mean, our our. Listeners that have listened to us for a while will remember whenever um, we lost Nora and everything and the impact that that had. And so it took us a while to get pregnant um, this time, I think, 15 months. 
Um, so we were starting to do the whole, you know, infertility workup and everything uh, when we finally got pregnant, which, you know, you have experienced that <laughs> way more than me. Um, but it was, it's never, e- you know, it's, it, it's never easy regardless of what you know. Um, and so we thought we were frustrated whenever it took us a while to get pregnant with Asher because that took us like 11 or 12 months. And then Nora was just like right away, we got pregnant as soon as we started talking about it. And so then with Cora, it just, Cora is going to be our daughter's name, um, which is going to be a little girl, by the way. And she's due uh, in about two months now. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was a huge blessing, but also anxiety inducing just because of everything that went on with Asher's pregnancy in terms of his kidneys and all of that. And, you know, we were always... Um, Every time, I mean, he was maternal fetal medicine, so he had like specialists following his case. And every time we would go, it was it, they were pretty much just looking to see if his kidneys had failed yet, um, to the degree that it was like when he gets born, he might need a kidney transplant, he might be on dialysis, all this kind of stuff. And so that was not a fun pregnancy. Like pregnancies are supposed to be fun, and it was not. It was it just it just was anxiety. And then with Nora, we're like, all right, this one's gonna be better you know, hopefully. And then obviously she died. And that was like, um, the worst, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, there, there is not a better word to describe it than, uh, since m- my nieces and nephews might listen to this, I don't know, I'm not going to cuss, but, um, cuss words are the only words to describe the awfulness of, um, you know, having a miscarriage or something. And this one, we just were like, how do we, you know, any of the awful things that have happened could just recur. Mm-hmm. And so when we finally went and did our anatomy scan, it was like everything was was right. You know, she was she was the right size and she had all her parts and all her bones and all her organs and nothing looked abnormal. Um, and that's how it's gone since then. So, um, you know, just praying that things continue, because obviously, you know, uh, I will not be anxiety free until she's breathing air (laughs) um and then you just acquire a new kind of anxiety that we both know because we're both parents Mm -hmm. but it's different it's something that i can hopefully at least have some semblance of control (laughs) semblance of of influence on you know like yes there we we truly aren't in control but like i can i can teach asher don't do certain things to keep him safe you know if someone's trying to hurt him, I can hurt them. <laughs> like, uh, first, but like still, you know, with Cora, it's, it's all up to God, um, forming her body and everything. But Anna's pretty far along now though. So it's, it's to the point where like, you know, you can just see her moving inside of her, which is cool. Cause like, it's, it's cool in the beginning when you can just feel little movements, but like once you can see him moving, you're like, Holy moly. Yeah. There's actually like a, child in there <laughs> that's awesome um, that's yeah. just that's so exciting i'm so excited for you guys and and obviously there's and like you said until she's breathing air there's always anxiety but whatever that's been seven or eight months is along yeah. um, and for those of you guys who listen you know adam and ashley have gone through a very hard time themselves trying to get pregnant and everything and i'm not going to get into all the details of of their life that's up to adam to talk about but <laughs> Um, I hope you guys know that like 
we, uh, Adam and I, care about each other immensely. And if it's not apparent, it should it should be apparent in in our podcast. And so, I don't talk about my own joys like without even on the inside considering what that means for him because uh, it can't it can't always be easy when you're you know your friends uh, experience the things that you have tried to and have yet have yet to you know um but also i know that adam cares about me and <laughs> i do he deeply wants me to have you know th- those things still um and so that's why i feel free to talk about them even though uh i know that you know i wish for him that he would also get to experience that and and i i deeply appreciate that and i love that you guys love us and you know are thoughtful about that um and you know Ashley and I process things differently. So there's different, you know, mm-hmm. hurts or thoughts about that. Um, and neither one are right or wrong because it's just, it's deeply emotional. But I always, my sure. policy is Adam's policy. It's, it's not a, it's not a zero sum game. Like, it's not like, oh, well, you know, Nathan and are pregnant. So that means we don't get the baby. Like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> that wasn't up for grabs. Though that being said, you know, we, so we are doing adoption again. You know, our, our son was mm-hmm. adopted. We are, we're quite a few months into like a contract with a uh, consultant, and we've seen thirty six cases or something like that. All all been no's um, from them. Or we've said yes to like twenty eight cases or something, and the moms have all said no to us. They like to say it's a not, it's not a no, it's a not yet. But the fact is, it's a no. We've they said no to us. Um, there's a We've seen cases that we've said no to as well um, due to either they are outside of our financial realm because adoption is expensive in general and there are certain agencies that are expensive. We've also found this time as we've been more cautious and thoughtful and it's taken longer. Eli was in a complete anomaly. It was four days from the time we went active on our contract till the time we were matched and it was a month later we were holding him. Wow. And so, you know, we're... uh, five months in or whatever now, and we still haven't. Now there's less adoptions out there and just things have changed. Um, So that's all uh, another topic. But the fact is in our waiting and in our frustration, we've started looking around and going, what's going on around here? And we've been more cautious about agencies that that are out there and their policies. And um, I'm trying to be real gentle around all the wording, but the fact is there's a lot of unethical things that happen in adoption, a staggering amount. And so we're trying to be good stewards of that and be protective of um, the, the birth mothers, the birth fathers, uh, the agencies, just, you know, just trying to be smart. So the point is we've seen a lot of cases. We've said yes to a lot. We've said no to a few for various reasons, whether it's just straight financial, like that's, that money is crazy. Like what, why are you ask, asking so much money? which sounds a little vulgar because we're talking about, you know, a child like adoption, but it's not we're not buying a child, right? It's, the money is going mm-hmm. to different legal processes and stuff and um and then like I said sometimes we have looked into the agencies or whatever and been like this agency has some things in its record which make us uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. so we just don't want to even run the risk of of dealing with something unethical. And uh so that that's made it difficult um, but that being said, we like right at this moment, we're out on a few cases where we've said yes to these scenarios that have been emailed to us. And they'll say, hey, there's a mom in, in this state. 
you know, uh, this is her health. This is the expected baby's health. This is potential exposures. This is the cost. This is that the father is in the picture, is not in the picture, how they're going to deal with the father, you know, the paternity and all that stuff. Um, and uh, so you get these, you read it and you just say either yes or no, like literally just in an email, it just says yes or no, which kind of feels like the yes mm -hmm. is great when you do a yes with an exclamation point, but when you say no to a case, like you just say, no send and that's what they want like that's this that's just how it's this operates but it feels really weird like you'll be like no because this and this and this like we're not bad people we, we want babies like but you know you just say no anyways so we're out on two cases um and we're excited about both of them one of them um i'll just say now is a little girl with down syndrome or she will be born with down syndrome and we just we're especially interested and excited about the potential of this. And mm -hmm. um, it's not something we thought we would want to to do um, at this point. Not not never, just like is it's not we we didn't think it'd be the time. And it might not be the time. You know, we might get a no and that just wasn't our baby, and that's how it is. Um, but even to consider doing a special needs baby at this point when we hadn't even really talked about it, um, is, is all very new. And we saw another case earlier that was a, a little boy that had already been born with Down syndrome. And uh, we ended up saying no for some reasons. And, but it really like opened our eyes and our hearts. And we were like, we need to think about this more. And then this another case came by. And we said yes. And then the more we thought about it, the more excited we were about our yes or are about our yes. So we mm -hmm. just continue to do, to wait. So as of right now, as a recording, we're still, we're still in the waiting process to hear back from that mom and dad and see if we get a little, a little girl. Um, how long does that typically take dude, it's, to like hear back? <laughs> it is so all over the board. Like, because some of these cases, like these moms aren't even due for a long time. Some of the mom is due in a month. Some of the, sometimes it's called a stork drop where the baby is literally already here. And it's like, yeah, if you're interested in this, you have to respond within one hour. So you better hope, hope you checked your email on that one hour to not even say yes. Um, is that more like what happened with Eli? No, mm -hmm. no. Eli was literally just a standard case. The mom, uh, his, his birth mother delivers early. So he wasn't even due for another, he was due like two months after we said yes. And she said yes to us. And then he was born gotcha. one month later. <laughs> And so that was just how that rocked out. Um, but the normal turnaround time seems to be four days to a week and a half is kind of typical. Um, and that makes sense. Like these birth moms are getting multiple profiles of families. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes we're allowed to send a letter as well to like just tell more about ourselves. And so they are, uh, you know, it's a lot to consider when you're trying to, you know, find a home for this baby that you love and you love them enough that you say, maybe I can't support them. I'm not able to, I, whatever's going on. Um, so as anxious as we are, like, you know, we really want to hear. We also really respect the fact that, you know, these moms need to take the time to consider like what they're going to do with this, this child that they love and, you know, want the best for. And so um, our, our honest thing is we always pray over all these cases and the prayer is always that these children will go to a home that know Jesus. That's really the most mm -hmm. important thing. We would love to be, we are that home. We know Jesus. We're going to raise them in Jesus, but more than that, we just want them to go somewhere where they're going to, you know, he hear the good news and um, get that opportunity. So it's, it's very emotional. It's a long, 
this process is way different. We were just, yeah, we were Eli. No, Eli didn't. His case set us up for disappointment in the sense like we were like, oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, we'll start with um, a few weeks. We'll get a baby. That could be great. <laughs> and you know, it, it's nothing on anybody. It's no one's fault. It's just like how it is. And adoption overall is down. And from both a um, Christian standpoint and just as like a member of humanity, like that's actually a good thing because for a child to, you know, be placed in adoption, a lot of things are asymmetrical, you know, and um, there's a lot of considerations. So if these babies are not being placed, hopefully they're not being aborted, obviously, but hopefully it's just like, (laughs) unexpected pregnancy is down which would be i think i think a good thing maybe i'm wrong i think it's a good thing i think that would be a good thing so <laughs> you know i'm sure there's some uh freakonomics person that can tell me why i'm wrong in some way but i think i'm right um so yeah anyways we uh that's where we're at we're, we're out on cases we're waiting and uh lord willing the creek don't arise we'll get a new baby soon i'd really a stork drop is really really cool where they're like born and then you say yes to them and then a, maybe a day later they say yes to you and then you just go on a plane or a drive down and you grab a baby and you got mm-hmm. a baby and suddenly you're another parent or a parent again i should say um do you yeah, know when the little girl exciting. that you guys have the yes out on is due yeah she's doing a f- in uh, a few months I, I won't say the exact date but she's doing a few months and so is she due around when my daughter's due do you know when my daughter's due yeah i, I think that probably is there's a a semblance in time and um so that that would be cool it's kind of a nice amount of time yeah. too honestly because I'll, I'll of course take leave and i'll be out of the office for an extended period yeah. um so it's it'd be <laughs> that that kind of like time frame is extra handy so you can kind of get things squared away it's not too long not too short mm-hmm. you're not waiting um but i can get everything prepped so that i can walk away from the office for a minute and not be like constantly checking email to like make sure the house isn't burning down yeah um, the workhouse that is so you know interesting thing that occurred over the last year uh which i don't think i actually told you about oh good i love on-air disclosures great i know i know right um my mom did uh some genetic testing right okay uh 23 and me or like like a year ago yeah 23 okay last christmas two christmas two christmases ago and it had said all this stuff that she was not expecting. Okay. And so she said something to my grandma that Christmas. Like, hey, what's up with this? You know, like, is my dad my dad? And my grandma was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Then my mom said to her dad, like, hey, dad, uh, which my mom and her dad do not have a very good relationship. She's never felt close to him at all. Um, my grandparents were divorced. Very oh, early. okay. I, I wasn't going to ask, but I was like, are they yeah, divorced? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, she told her dad, like, you should get some, you should do 23andMe because this had all these surprises on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not, your your family history isn't what you know. So then he sent it back to her this year. And said, like, here was my results. <clears throat> and it was uh, what he expected, right? So she called my grandma uh-huh. and goes, um, what's going on? Because my genes say X, right? 
and people can't see it, but I'm now grandma, leaning closer to the screen. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Yeah, my grandma was very upset um, because she didn't actually know that my mom's dad was not her dad. Oh. But it turns out that he was not. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't think my grandma listens to the podcast. She would probably hate that I was talking about this on air. But the whole family is aware of it now, for the most part. So, um, we have such a sm- we have such a huge <laughs> listening audience. <clears throat> um, so, <clears throat> turns out that like, uh. My mom, first off, my grandma had my mom when she was like 17 or something, okay. right? And my grandma and my grandpa were married when they had my mom. But my grandma had gone to a party with this guy that she had had like a huge crush on forever. He invited her. And I guess he had he had sex with her that night, right? Took her virginity, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then my grandma, which I'm, this sounds very conniving to me, but she was like, well, crap. Uh, Just in case anything happened, I'll have sex with her boyfriend, right? Um, And so then that was that, right? And this is a long, long time ago, right? Like in the uh, 50s. So it's not like the the fact that then she got pregnant Mm -hmm. and she didn't know who it was. It's not like they do genetic testing or anything. She just moved forward with her life. And not until 2019, Christmas 2019, did she realize like this, that's the real reality. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's wild. So it turns out I'm not the half Cuban that I thought I was. I'm actually 75% <laughs> Cuban because my mom's dad was uh, Cuban as well. And actually from this like diplomat's family like his dad was literally the diplomat from cuba to i think argentina and he was his, their last name was takashell um which there's like they're like from i think some germanic influences which was like the hydrics and then the takashells migrated to spain i want to say from greece i don't remember for sure my mom knows it all. She's she has gotten in touch with all of them. Literally within like two <laughs> days, had found multiple sisters, and like we've had like huge family Zoom calls with like what are actually my cousins and stuff. Holy cow, dude! And my mom's sisters and my mom's brother, like crazy, crazy. Um, so yeah, that was a huge revelation in the Del Rio's world that over the last year amazing that's uh-huh. and this is like the kind of stuff like you get with like 23 and me or i know there's another testing so like these testing services yeah, like yeah. you know I, I think for most people you just find out like oh that's interesting i'm from the tuscan region that's very cool yeah. okay like but you yeah. guys got like kind of that bombshell type news um uh-huh. that's amazing that's yeah um, so did she did she hooked up like with her her actual birth father He's dead. Oh, so he no. died um, a few years ago. Pretty young. Well, that's young, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think he was in his, like, so it was several years ago, I think. I think he was in his, like, late 60s, early 70s or something, mm-hmm. which, I mean, my mom's 60, you know, 
63 <laughs> now. 60-something. So, um, but it sounds like he was a pretty cool guy. He was a naval aviator for a period of time. Okay. Um, I think during... Well, Korean War, maybe? I'm well, not sure. so Korea was yeah, obviously early no. 50s, so it had to be yeah. Vietnam. If he if yeah. he was in combat, yeah, yeah. it had to be Vietnam. Vietnam. Um, you know, and he uh, the the family already knew of another sister. Mm. Um, so apparently he was quite the ladies' man. Okay. Uh, so it was they, you know, luckily the water had been or the ice had been broken for them. So like they just like welcomed my mom in. Right. And are like, you're one of us. Come on. You know, we want to know all about you, which has been really, really good because my mom has always had like a piece of her that was like, why do I not connect with my dad? You know, and this sort of gave her some validation sure. of like, here's why, because he's not actually your dad. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's I've, I've wanted to, I want to do that. Um, one of those things. I guess my thing is, and I am not worried about that kind of thing coming up, <laughs> uh, rest assured. But like, I wonder. You don't want China to get your genes? Well, so actually, kind of to that end, I'm like, can I do this anonymously? Like, can I put down like Bob Fart Smeller and just like have that as my name? Because like, I don't want them to have much information. I got my genetic. Doesn't information. the DoD have policy against us doing it? Oh, I don't know. I think there is. A oh, I should look that up. I know I, the last guy that I knew did it was retired. Um, and he was like, you should do this, man. Because he had found out yeah. kind of some, you know, cool, like just like he was um, uh, half white, half black. And like he, he like it told him like exactly what part of like it was like Niger or something like that, like his family mm-hmm. had come from. And I was like, wow, that's really shocking. Like it's so specific. It'd be cool to see that. But I guess I'll have to look into DOD policy now. You know, I'm not yeah, a rule baker. I think because there's genetic data mining um, and those the main companies are all. Chinese owned. Well, what companies. it is is they saw. Um, oh my gosh, what's the what was the last Star Trek movie with with Picard? My brain is blank. Um, Nemesis. Thank you, Nemesis. They saw Nemesis and they're worried about my them. favorite one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean my, my as mine too. Um, but yeah, they're worried about them like uh, duplicating a four star general and slipping him in or her <laughs> in. So yeah, 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 that's exactly what this is. Um, wow, for sure. This is I, I I'm just so happy to be podcasting again to be talking to you. We talk we talk in general, but um, you know it's sporadic because like you this said, this will force us to talk more regularly though. Yeah, because I mean we probably talk like every every other month and just spend like an hour and a half or something mm-hmm. getting caught up. Well, and the thing is too though, like life has been such an absolute mess since since basically we kind of went off air, so pre COVID. But like you were picking up more like your big boy job work. And mm-hmm. then of course we went into COVID and life fell apart. Although I had, I had a lot of time on my hands. I was at, yeah, I did not. <laughs> yeah. We had, I had all the time in the world. Um, and then, you know, I PCS, we got our house set up. You guys have been, you've been working and then you had all that. So the point is like life has just been in disarray. And now I'm finally kind of at a pretty steady state over here and, and things have kind of gotten safe state for you. So uh, this is kind of the opportunity to restart. I'm just very glad to be back, back on air, mm-hmm. you know? Me too. Me too. Looking forward to it for sure. Um, you know, it's funny. You've been going through and actually listening to our, our old stuff, podcasts yeah. recently and I haven't. 
And so I was like, oh, yes, I usually wrap things up, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> back to you, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you know, we are we're really thrilled um, to have you guys back. And I, I mean, before we were trying to like, really, like, pseudo grow some sort of social media presence, I feel like with like, pushing people to our Facebook and our Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, now it's like, I just want to do this. If you want to communicate with us through those methods, they still exist, right? Um, but it's not like we're super active there, but that's definitely the easiest way to get in touch with us. If you want to like, um, ask us to cover a particular topic, something you're interested in that you, you know, we're interested in as well. Um, so those, those things still exist out there, but don't, don't follow me and be like, why do they never actually post anything? Cause it's just not super, super common. Um, apart from that, you know, our intention is to start with trying to shoot for a monthly, uh, an episode a month. And then if we can do more than that and find the desire to, we will. Um, but we're just super excited to be back um, chatting with everybody and, and letting you guys know, you know, what's going on in our nerdy worlds. Uh, because everybody's, you know, nerds are different. They all have their own things that they care about. And there's sometimes that people care about something. And I'm like, that is weird. And those people may hear the way that I talk about Star Wars or Legos and be like, that guy is into just kid things, you know, but I'm like, no, I am a grown man and grown men like kid things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat with you guys in hopefully a month. Apart from that, uh, I'll talk to you later and I'll see you later. Adam. So, okay. It paused. Are we still recording? What? <laughs> Still recording. This is, this is the perfect example perfect of how example. we're not going to cut stuff because we're leaving it in. Oh, Adam's paused again. All right. I got to talk quick because it keeps pausing. Hey, it's been great talking to you, Nathan. I'm so excited we're back and I will talk to you later. All right. Later. <laughs>